Welcome to episode 82 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Charles McDonald, who has to explain himself. You can find him on Twitter at Forbert. Say what's up, people, Chuck. Wait, what do I have to explain myself for? For uh, people getting very mad at me last week about uh, the audio. Oh, we okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that was my bad, but... It was. You know, it was 100% bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, the, you know, you know how we roll. Like, I didn't look to, I didn't edit at all. I just threw like the two MP3 files on top of each other and, and called it a day. And then I, then like we got some tweets saying that it was terrible and the audio was just jumbled up. And I looked at the uh, thing I used to edit it. And yeah, they were just sitting on top of each other for the most part. I guess because like, my internet connection was kind of crappy, so it would go out and that would cause pause in the recording. But blah 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 blah. We'll get it fixed and uh, it won't happen again. I, w- I want to read one DM that I got sent from um, at Yinzer Jagoff. All right, so we're starting to get Johnny Appleweed is his username. Um, he said, "Dude, late response. This is on Monday, so he listened to the pod after the games happened. Dude, late response. I know, but podcast eighty one point five was so annoying to listen." You constantly okay. talked over Chuck all episode long and long silent pauses, question mark? These aren't sentences. You sounded like an asshole, to be honest, comma. Chuck couldn't get a word over you. Truly an <laughs> awful episode. <laughs> okay, but they, but you know what? No, this is on him. This is not on me. Because if he waited and saw episode 81.75 up there, and in the description of 81.75, I said... Episode 81.5 is fake news. So that's on that guy for not paying attention. You, sir, are a jackass. <laughs> I just still blame you. It's not It's none of my fault anyway, so I, I really don't care. Um, first game yeah. of the week, morning games. Let's talk about it. The Miami yeah. Dolphins, the 3-0 and Miami Dolphins, undefeated Miami Dolphins, sneaky good defense Miami Dolphins, if you listen to last episode, eight, or, uh, what, 81.75? 81.75. At the New England Patriots, the Patriots are six and a half point favorites at home. They're one and two coming off back to back losses. Uh, I don't think the Patriots have lost three straight games since like two thousand three or something like that. So pre Brady like prime when like Brady's been Brady and not been the backup off the bench. Um, your your takes, what are they? Oh man, I think I feel like this could be a, a, a teaser. Like I think that I think the Patriots are going to win, so swing that down to New England minus point five. I don't know what with, but here's the thing. So I think that Miami's secondary is like sneaky good. Uh, obviously, they also haven't they, played anyone. We should also say that. I mean, like that. Yeah, yeah. The hardest team that they've played is the Titans with like a weird long game where Gabbert was playing. Or that that one quarter of Jordy Nelson <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> That's Just a, that one quarter. I, the the Raiders are still they're they're I think they've been outscored zero to thirty seven in the fourth quarter, which is just yeah. like the NFL is just a meme right now, man. It's just one giant yeah. meme where it's like the Raiders can play three quarters because they're an old team, they blow it at the end because they don't have the wheels. It's just chaos. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, but I, so what I will say is I think that Miami secondary, like it compares to Detroit secondary. You know, and Detroit was just able to smother these receivers. And I know that that New England's going to have Josh Gordon back this week, but 
Hopefully. I don't, he, pra- he practiced today, but he yeah, practiced or, last week, or, too. Field, uh, our pal Field Yates, he tweeted that uh, Gordon's on track to play this week. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I like I, I obviously think Jordan Gordon's going to be a big boost to their offense, but at the same time, like, there's nothing about the rest of my of New England's like receivers that should scare you if you're a Dolphins fan. And we just saw Brady get kind of rattled by a Lions defense that is not very good uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I I, I think that this is probably a, a good one to tease. And also Tannehill, like sneaky good, but also hasn't yeah. played any teams like very much and, so. The thing about Miami is they're loaded at receiver. I don't know how much of that is Tannehill and how much of that is just like, oh, our fourth receiver would be like a number two receiver for other teams, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, it's, it's not like New England's pass defense is – New England's pass defense isn't anything to be afraid of, though. So I, I, I think these teams are weird. Like, I know it's hard to – it's weird to say, but right now they're kind of similar uh, – I, I guess, in, like, I, I don't know. I don't. It's weird to say because I don't want to say that the Dolphins are as good as the Patriots, but that's kind of where we are right now. Don't say but that. I think they haven't, the end, they haven't by played the end of, yet. Yeah, but I mean, by the end of the year, we know how this rolls. Like, they're going to get Gordon. He's going to be in the system. They're going to get Edelman back, and then Gronk is going to have more single coverage. Like, did you? How much did you watch the uh, the Lions? I told you, I watched now? like the first. I watched until Detroit got up. I think like three scores or two scores. It might have been like two scores and driving, and I was like, I'm out. And then I watched the fourth quarter where it was just because I was writing when a game is going on. I feel like a lot of writers do that during Sunday Night Fall. Um, and then uh, I watched the fourth quarter where it was just like Brady trying to throw them back into the game down like two or three scores, or is it him just basically trying to throw 25 yard passes and then just falling incomplete every time because they're doubling Gronk and he has no one else to throw to. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. Like they would just straight up walk up to the line with two guys on Gronk and you know would will we dare you to beat us with your other receivers and they couldn't. So I, I I'm going to take this one as a teaser just because I don't know if New England is in a place where they can cover six points right now, uh, but I do expect them to win. So yeah, I will say if you want to tease this. Um, the big benefit that you have here is that, like, they haven't lost three straight in 15 years. Like, let's let's be honest. At some point, like, you just got to trust Belichick to, like, get this together. Yeah, and even um, before – I'm trying to – Before last week – No, you go ahead. Like, I'm looking up something. They were at 44-7 and seven going, like, after a loss, after – even going into last week. So, even that game last week was pretty much an outlier performance for what Bill Belichick has, has done as a Patriot, uh, Patriots head coach. So – I, I'm going to roll with the numbers this week and just expect them to get this one done. Um, I'm looking it up right now. 538 has a piece on, like, every record. This was done a couple of years ago. Like, every record's possibility, like, playoff chances by record, basically, right? A 1-3 in three team has a 14% chance of making the playoffs. So, like, losing here would kind of, I mean, in terms of realistic chances, right? The Patriots should be outside looking in at the AFC. And I'm just not ready to accept that as reality. So, nope, that's uh, more than fair, too. So, yeah, let's move on. Patriots minus 0.5. Uh, uh, Houston Texans at Indianapolis Colts. God awful fucking game. Neither of these teams matter. Let's talk about it for 15 seconds. Uh, Deshaun Watson's good. Colts are 
not good, but their defense is kind of fun to watch. But so uh, I'll, I'll just sneaky back. Yeah, Andrew Luck has been actually pretty bad this year, just in terms of like what he's getting out of the passing game. Uh, what's the line on this game? The line is uh, minus one and a half, and we have one more minute to talk about this before my phone time. Wait, so, who's favorite, though? The Colts at home. Oh, So this okay. is saying that the uh, Texans, who are winless, I believe, still, yeah, they are, they are, are still better winless. than the Colts somehow. Um, you want to talk about, really quickly, because we only have 45 seconds left, about the offensive line gifts you were sending me in our group chat today? Oh, oh man. Okay, so the Texans, like, they, have, they probably have the worst tackle play in the league right now, just in terms of, you have Martinez Rankins. They, they a, counted on Trottrell, and he's not there. Yeah, he's he, Martinez Rankins is a third-round rookie who missed all tra- training camp uh, playing left tackle, and Julian Davenport is a second-year player for Bucknell playing right tackle. Nick Martin has regressed significantly, and they just really cannot block a soul. And sneakily, the Colts' front seven does get a lot of penetration up front. Marcus, Marcus Hunt back. Yeah, having a J.J. Watt. Darius Leonard getting a lot of tackles for losses. Uh, so I'm going to go Colts minus 1.5 just because their front seven should beat uh, the Texans are lying like a drop. Oh, perfect. Wow. You see how that you was, nailed that? Woof. That's, that's amazing. That's the first time you've ever been on time. Um, perfect. <laughs> next game, Cincinnati Bengals at the Atlanta Falcons. This line has dropped a fucking ton because when I wrote about um, – this was one of the lines that I was going to write about for Quant Edge. I was going to take – uh, Bengals plus six. It's now three and a half. So this line has dropped two and a half points in probably the last 24 to 40 hours, somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, it, we all six saw was what, too high. Six I don't think there's a, high. yeah, I don't think there's a field goal difference between these two teams. Yeah. So I, I think like <laughs> if you watch the game last week, the Falcons, they can't, they can't play defense against anybody right now. Like, they get no pre- – especially when, when Tack is out, they get no pressure up front outside of uh, Grady occasionally getting some push inside. Like, I think Grady is actually doing pretty well in terms of pressures, but he just hasn't gotten home that much. Uh, like, they're 31st in sack percentage, 31st in tackle for loss percentage. Like, their defensive line is just not holding up right now. And then you take in the, the injuries to Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, like those are three of their most key defenders, and they're out for the season. So, uh, except Dion, he comes back like week nine or ten, hopefully. So, I don't know. Like, I don't really see any reason why the Bengals' offense wouldn't have a very successful day. Like, I kind of expect this to be similar to last week, except obviously the Bengals' defense is better than the Falcons. But also, you were just talking about one in three teams, fourteen percent chance to make the playoffs. Like, this is kind of the Falcons' season on the line here, this game against the Bengals. Because if they drop to one and three, I I think you can kind of eliminate them from the playoffs, just considering they still have to play uh, the Saints one more time. They play the Panthers again, the Bucks twice, and then they go to Pittsburgh, like, and they play Baltimore too. So this is their season. Plus, Uh, it's a second place NFC schedule, I think, too, which is no. There's no slouch, like we said all. Yeah, third place. And even then, third place. Third place. Carolina. Yeah, Carolina went eleven and five last year. Atlanta went ten and six. Uh, yeah, I I just think it's kind of a it's a tough game for them just because they're so depleted. But at the same time, I don't really want to pick against this team in a must win situation early. In the they're season in like conflicting spots, which is why I passed up on the line. Because you're right about the like they need a win like this week. Like this has to be the week that they get shit together a little bit. Like 
in the current state of like what their defense is right now, right? This has to be their get right game or it's just going to fucking explode, right? But at the same time, they played every minute of 13 quarters so far this year, right? They played down to the wire every single week and they just went into OT. So um, I think we've seen with, you know, what Green Bay spot last week going in, going for their first road game against Washington, um, Minnesota choking up against uh, the Buffalo Bills, the New Orleans Saints, or what was it, the Cleveland Browns not being able to punch in against the New Orleans Saints, um, the Steelers uh, allowing 46 or whatever against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like every team that goes deep in overtime the next week, they're kind of gassed, and it looks it looks like it on the field. But at the same time, Atlanta has to get this win here. So I don't know. This is kind of a yeah. tough one. It was easier when it was minus six. I'll say that. A lot easier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I think I would take Atlanta money line, but I don't think I would put money on like the spread for this game. So I think I'm gonna pass on this. I'll watch this though. Like this will be a game that I'm like halfway interested on like red zone stuff. So yeah. All righty. I'm passing. Next game, the Buffalo Bills at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are nine point home (laughs) favorites. Ah man. Let's talk, let's talk about the, that Bills Vikings game for a second because okay. that was fucking wild. I, I mean, I just looked up at, at Red Zone and it was like a Josh Allen high, highlight montage for the first quarter in a half, I guess, of that game. And then and then after that, the the Bills offense couldn't get anything going after like their initial little outburst where they got good field position off turnovers. And Kirk Cousins, dude, like. I guess we'll talk about him a little bit later. He was terrible, but the Bills' defense—they—they kind of played like what I thought they were going to be. Yeah, going into the season. Could we? I mean, they have safety play. They had Trey White. Um, you know, they've invested in their defensive line. You know, even if it isn't like they don't have like superstars outside of maybe Jerry Hughes, right? They still have invested in Star. They invested in Trent Murphy. You know, they had Shaq Lawson before he was injured. All sorts of stuff like that. And they—they drafted uh, what's that thing? Harrison Phillips from Stanford too. Yeah. Okay. He can't move. But. I mean, he was he was like a second round pick, so I'm just saying like investment. True. Yeah, they've invested a ton in the defensive line. We we should have expected them being probably top quarter in terms of like if you're projecting a defense top quarter of the league coming into the year. Uh, they didn't play like the first two weeks of the year. They did, you know, last game. But we'll see. We'll see how that holds up. Field position matters a lot, and this team is uh, prone to turning it over. So. Yeah, I think this is where I'm going to pair the teaser with the Packer with the uh, what you call it the, the Patriots. Okay. Green, how do you feel about Green Bay minus three or buck or? Bills I, I think plus you, you could find. So we're I'm just going off a of bet online. You could find it two and a half other places. I would say two and a half. I feel a lot more strongly about than three, but yeah. I don't think the Packers. No, Aaron Rodgers is not going to lose to Josh Allen. That's not gonna. Happen. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he is. So, but I mean, especially when they're God, one, just, one and one already, right? Like you can't come out of yeah, that, four weeks with Aaron Rodgers and you come out with one win. Goodbye, Mike McCarthy. It's just, I don't know what to make of what I saw last week. But like by the, by like the the numbers for the update, which we're I'm gonna post in next week, just because like the first three weeks always look kind of weird, but. Uh, Buffalo, they still have a horrible, horrible offense. Like the 31st, just a net yards per attempt value, last is sack percentage value, 29th in yards per rush. Like they don't score many points. They don't gain, like they're dead last in yards per play value. So 
I, I just don't. I, but I also at the same time, I just don't know if I feel comfortable taking this Packers team minus nine. No, you should not be. This is Rogers is like very clearly in pain and like limping. Like he's not, he's not a hundred percent. Like even if he has that break, yeah. Like we we were talking before. Like no one will be surprised at the end of the season. It came out like, oh, he was playing on a torn ACL. Warrior. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tease it down to minus three or minus two point five. I can grab that with that uh, Patriots game. All right, perfect. Um, the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. This is kind of a weird morning game, um, but okay. Uh, the Cowboys are three point home favorites. Why? Do you think the Lions are a better team than the Cowboys? We should also mention, like, the biggest thing for me in this is Sean Lee is not playing, and that means they're out of defensive coordinator. So. <laughs> That's not even a also joke. also Dak hasn't thrown for two hundred yards in like Every, I don't know it's something like fifteen games or something like that and Matthew Stafford all like if nothing else he's gonna get yards yeah I I, I don't think Dak has hit two hundred in the game since Claiborne sacked him six times last year in Atlanta off the same dumbass little like I don't even it's, I wouldn't even qualify as like a swim move he's just like running around him a little bit that's what he said after the game he's like I got one move and I hit it every single time. <laughs> Uh, but you know, low key, I know that that Sean Lee is out, but like Dallas's defense has sneakily been pretty good this year. PFF said Byron Jones is the best corner in the league through three weeks, so that's something worth noting. Because I can never tell if it's a Byron Jones is good or Byron Jones is bad year. You know? Yeah. I feel like he's been pretty up and down so far throughout his career, which is like not what you see outside of like when guys get hit with injuries. Um. But it looks like it's working out for him. So yeah, good. I mean, their defense has been, has been legit good. Uh, it's like this is a this is a lot. Demar- Demarcus Lawrence is like leading the league in tackles plus, I think. Yeah, um, the, when I ran the numbers like last week, so the Cowboys they're third in sack percentage and fifth in tackle pro- tackle for loss percentage right now. So, like they're getting a lot of penetration, which is kind of new for this defense. And uh, but like you like you said, the Sean Lee factor matters a lot. Uh, so, I, like, what's the over-under for this game? Is Vegas just kind of counting on Dallas' defense to get the job done here for him? Because I don't know how you have – and a half, which isn't that low. It's yeah. a little low, but it isn't that low. Like, kind of expect the average game to be around, like, 45. Hmm. So, a little low. Yeah. I, I don't – I think I'd be more inclined to take Lions plus three. Just because, like, if it comes down to one team leading the score – I'm gonna roll with the Lions' offense over the Cowboys' offense. I mean, the Cowboys' offense can't—they can't do anything right now, except for run the ball. So, and and I mean, you know, running the ball is so valuable that they've won one game so far, and that's all they could do on offense. All righty, Let, let's stop talking about that game because I don't think either of those teams matter either. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> Um, our next, we still got a bunch of fucking morning games. Good God. The New York Jets at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are seven and a half point favorites. The over under on this game is 38 and a half. I think this is the low of the week. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, wait, this is in Jacksonville? In Jacksonville. They are seven and a half point yeah, favorites. I'm, I'm going to roll with the Jets. Oof. Ah. Uh. Like okay, do you think do you think that the Jets' pass defense is real? I think it's kind of like um, 
you know, ironically, the Lions at the beginning of last season where they were at the top of all our NEA value stuff, but it was all interceptions. And we know that interceptions are the most volatile stat, you know, in terms of defensive pass efficiency. And that's basically what has driven this Jets um, pass defense up in terms of value, right? And when you use the anecdotal evidence of them just being like, yeah, we knew the fucking Lions plays and we just picked them off. Um, I don't think that that's like their their number doesn't accurately refre- reflect who they are. I think moving forward, but so I, I yeah, don't know there. But but Bortles also Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Blake Bortles a counterpoint. Uh, how how much of that uh, Jets? I mean, I mean uh, Jacks Titans game did you watch? Entirely too much because it was on red zone because it was a clo- it was a close game. So. I saw that, oh, and man. then I saw that, every single tweet that our friend John Shipley sent to our group chat about um, how awful Corey Grant is and how he's a receiver who's playing running back. Yeah, uh, which is fair, I guess. But uh, Bortles, man, he was god-awful in that game. I mean, missing, like, shallow crosses with a clean pocket. Uh, just, you know, just he looked like, like rookie year Bortles, so – if that's if that's who's gonna come out and play against the Jets, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, I don't see why they couldn't stay atop the Justin yards per attempt rankings. But I just I just don't really I don't really see Sam Darnold moving the ball against the, the, th- the like, thing I, about I, Darnold I too is Darnold might be the easiest quarterback in the league to move off of his spot. Like he if if you give like Flash any sort of color, he will just run opposite of you. And it's very weird because he'll run opposite of you and then sit back up in the pocket and throw across his body. Against Jacksonville, like, buddy, you're going to be working with a car crash in in front of you, like, the entire game, you know? So, I don't know. Could be a tough matchup for him right there. I think he's already below league average in terms of passing efficiency, despite being, like, I can't He was, like, 24 out of 28 against uh, the Lions week one. So, he hasn't had a great showing the last two games in a row. Um they are ex- off of extended rest, which might be a thing, but I don't know. This is a rookie quarterback. How much, the, uh, how much could you really get him ready? For for what it's worth right now, I, I know turnovers are volatile, but the Jets are dead last in turnover percentage. And, you know, here comes Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie and all those guys in that ferocious defensive line. I just I just think that this defense is probably going to be a little bit too much for, for Darnold in that offense. Uh, so I, I'm going to roll a Jags minus – Seven point. Um, one more thing: seven. the haters and losers said Quincy Anunua wasn't going to be great, and they were wrong. They were proven wrong again. Quincy Anunua forever, speed receivers forever. Um, the next morning game: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears. I want you to guess this line. Tampa Bay at the Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears minus two. Minus three. So bad. My bad guess. What? Why? Why? So the implied line here is that the Chicago Bears score like 26 points. Do you know how many times the Chicago Bears have scored 26 points in the Mitch Trubisky era? Mm, I mean, it's zero. Out of 15 games, they've done it twice. One involved Tariq Cohen throwing a touchdown pass and then also a 90-yard interception return. So in terms of org- – Oh, was that versus the Panthers? I can't remember. Was that I looked it up and then I got behind uh, the slander. So – and I immediately tweeted it out. Okay. Um, so organically, their offense has scored 25 points like one time 
in 15 tries. You're going to have to score points against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, offense, you know? Even though Fitzpatrick had a bad first half against Pittsburgh, he rebounded pretty fine. He's, it doesn't look like he's going to stop throwing deep at any point. You know, Deshaun Jackson's still going to be fast. Mike Evans is still going to be fast. O.J. Howard is still going to be fast. Like, th- those things aren't going to change week to week, so. You think they're banking on the Bears' defense with this line, too? I guess, but, like, defense is way more volatile than offense week to week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, for what I, I think people are just kind of expecting Ryan Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick to fall off, but at this point, he's played what is it, five really good halves of football out of six. Yeah. Uh, and Trubisky has played zero good halves of football, like basically in thirty games, thirty halves. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting though is uh, I feel like if like if you can get. I feel like if you can get close to Fitzpatrick and rattle him a little bit, like you, you can. I feel like you can kind of force them to mistakes. And the Bears, they don't blitz that much. Like in terms of blitz rate, they're top. I mean, they're bottom five mm-hmm. in the league, and they are first. They're sending four. Yeah, and they're first, like by far, in sack percentage. Like, I mean, some of that is 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 inflated by that Seahawks game where they had like six, but uh, but still, like they're getting home with four. Cleo Max playing out of his mind. Keem Hicks is playing out of his fucking mind too. Uh, I, I think I'll take the Bucks to cover plus three, but I I get why they have the Bears in front. I I just think that's probably more about their defense and their offense. Because I mean, what is there to say about the Bears' offense? Like they can't, they can't, <laughs> they can't score points. They're not going to score twenty five. That's why I think the move might be the team total and fading fading the Bears' team total here. Just being like Bears under twenty five. I I don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's it's just how do I get better? He's at capacity now, and it's funny because that's what he said. That's what Nagy said, right? uh, That that Trubisky is at capacity right now, which which is terrible because you're thirtieth. Like you have the thirtieth best passing offense right now. So that's how they spend all this money on tight ends and receivers, and they have a guy who can run inside zone out the backfield. They have a guy who can catch out the backfield. They have a pretty well-built offensive line in terms of, like, just, like, having no holes in front of it, right? Like, kind of underrated by national media. Yeah. And he, he can't throw the ball. What, what else, like, what else, <laughs> realistically, what else can you do? I don't know. Also, they don't have a first-round pick till 2020. So. Uh, it's, yeah, because I was, I was thinking, like, big, like, what if, what if they're hoping that, they're, they're hoping for Dwayne Hassan's kind of, kind of, like, just, sit like or just go back to Ohio State this year because like he might have to be their target in 2020 uh Herbert might st- might go back too which is I we, we've talked about this people I don't know if people really realize this but Herbert who's probably going to be the first quarterback drafted if he declares is from Eugene and wants to break Marcus Mariota's records but the problem is to do that he would have to stay for his senior year and it sounds like he's legitimately contemplating it um we are both on the camp of that's really stupid. You should go get a $25 million signing bonus and a fully guaranteed $35 million contract. Yeah, uh, for sure. But the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, it's just kind of baffling, though, with Trubisky, where you have people saying, like, we need to wait and see. Like, wait and see what? Chase Daniel runs ran this offense better than Trubisky did, you know? And uh, it, it just it doesn't make sense. Like, and... and he, like, he had the whole offseason to prepare for for this. And, like, this is the best you're getting with all these new weapons around him. 
And I, Mark Helfrich will not save you. I promise. <laughs> Mark Helfrich will not save you. Yeah, but it's funny because I remember like a couple of weeks ago I tweeted out, uh, oh, man, like Trubisky went ahead of Watson and Mahomes. And then I had people tweeting at me, oh, we just need to wait because, you know, uh, Watson, he he's not better than Trubisky. Okay, well, Watson threw for almost 400 yards last week. Like, I I don't I don't understand. We've we've seen like we've seen some up and down from Watson, but at least we've seen signs of life. Like, the last two weeks, he's been most like legit, legitimately. Have you ever? Has there been one? I'm looking it up right now. Has there been one Mr. Bisky game where you've been like, wow, he slung the fuck out of the rock? No, I really cannot think of one where I'm like, yo, that was a really dope Mr. Bisky game. But even even like even the last two weeks for Watson, you're like, okay, like if this team could block, they could probably score a lot of points, but. You know, they can't. And that's not the case with the Bears. It's like if this team had a quarterback, they could score a lot of points and you just traded up to one a year ago. Okay, I'm looking so. right now. There was apparently a game at Cincinnati where he was thirty he threw thirty two passes for our two hundred and seventy one yards and a touchdown. Nice. That's that's the game. That's- but. That's probably like by far his best game, right? <laughs> yeah, by a pretty good margin. The only other game with a higher AYA than that is against Carolina, where he threw seven passes for 107 yards. <laughs> but he was also sacked. So I'm looking by AYA, not NEA. He was also sacked four times out of his 11 dropbacks. So nice. Yep. Good. That's our true. All right. Yeah, he's not good. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, let's not talk about these teams. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, who should be 0-3 at the Tennessee Titans. What do you expect this line to be? Tell me. Mm, Eagles minus three. Three and a half. You're pretty good at this. All right. Yeah. Eagles three and a half. Uh, Is Wentz back? I mean, he didn't look that good last week. I agree. So... I mean, he like he clearly looked like someone who was super rusty and and shaking off a knee injury. And we we have we uh, have seen that, you know, in recent memory. Just thinking about like Tannehill, Flacco, guys, guys who miss basically like the entire preseason don't do because because of I mean, injury. Watson week one. Yeah, I mean, guys, guys who miss out time in the preseason don't tend to be like ready, rip roaring, ready to go as soon as the season starts in September. So. Yeah, and you know, f- I will say this too: Colts defense sneakily not bad this year. Uh, like they're they're so far like they've been a they pretty shut, competent. They shut down Alex Smith, the god, so they have to be. <laughs> That's true, and I mean they they slowed down the Eagles' offense, which was on fire with Wentz last year. But like we just said, he like he looked like someone who was still working his way back. So, uh, but I don't know. I I just. How do you feel about this Tennessee team? Because I, I like once again, like I feel like they're pretty average, but I don't, I don't know if I can get a feel on them. Like no, they, they, they someone feels like they don't right now, like act very bad. Yeah, but on on deep defense, they're all right. Yeah. Okay, uh, Harold Landry, he's good. Told you guys. Yeah. Um, I would just stay away from this game. I'm not really that interested because I don't know if Philadelphia is going to win the division at this point. I think Washington is in striking range. Um, Tennessee's just bad, dude. I, I don't care about that team anymore. I'm out on them already in September. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this Eagles team, though, is, like, they've given up a lot of tackles for losses, too. And, like, their their rushing production is not great. So, hmm. you know, I, I think I'm still going to take them plus minus – or plus three and a half. Minus three and a half. But, 
But yeah, I mean, yeah, my Eagles minus three and a half. But I don't know if I feel great about it. It's just like, don't watch this game because I don't know. I don't know what happened, but like Marcus Mariota has become like one of the least fun quarterbacks to watch. He now. like legitimately so, has lost confidence yeah. over the last two years. Like it's something that's yeah. very visible. So between now, he's not throwing through anyone. But yeah, so between that and the Eagles' offense still trying to get it together, uh, I just wouldn't watch this game. But I'm going to take Eagles minus three and a half. All righty, now we're in the afternoon games. We got four afternoon games. The first one, irrelevant teams: the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to start Josh Rosen this week. Your thoughts? Uh, Cardinal Cardinals plus uh, three at home, so the Seahawks are three point favorites on the road. That means if this game were in Seattle, they would probably be nine point favorites. Seattle Seahawks pass defense sneakily pretty damn good this year. Earl's back. Yeah. Of course. Earl's back and that other fake Richard Sherman, Shaquille Griffin. Uh, <laughs> fake Richard Fra- Sherman. Frank Clark is doing well too. Yeah. He's like the one dude on their defensive line who's doing really well. Yeah. I mean, they, their run defense has been putrid, but pass defense, pretty damn good right now. Uh, so against a team like the Cardinals – that's starting a rookie quarterback for the first time. I, I'm rooting for Rosen, but just don't have high expectations for the first game. I mean, they've given up a lot of sacks too, uh, so I'm gonna Arizona's roll. Arizona's not good. No, they're terrible. So I'm I'm gonna roll with Seattle minus three. Like I I just don't see Russell Wilson not being super productive this game. Also, so let's go back and talk about the the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. Allowed Arizona to score like three scores or something like that last two, week. Two, two touchdowns. Okay, two quarter. touchdowns. Which in still the first quarter. In, insane considering the fact that Arizona's crossed the 50 like one time in the first two games. Yeah. Uh, that might that infuriates me because I'm, I'm either going to lose a lot of money or I'm going to point at people. Because I have no idea why Tampa shouldn't be like three-point road favorites in that game. But All right, Seattle, Arizona. Let's talk about this game. You already Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, yeah, Seattle minus three. Uh, just pray for Rosen, man, because he he I, he's. I think we're both. I think just about everyone's in on him potentially being good. But man, like that line is terrible. So just keep your in your thoughts. Um, <laughs> so Rosen. Oh, never mind. I was looking at the Seahawks schedule. Never mind. I was about to say Rosen about to go to the Rams next week, but that's not true. All right, um, Cleveland Browns at Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are three point home favorites. Browns. You want Brown? You want it on the Browns? Yeah, because I believe in their defense and I believe in Baker. Like the Browns' defense is sneakily one of the best in the league right now. Uh, yeah, they like are. they get a, t- they make a ton of plays in the backfield and their pass defense has been great. Like they've, they've been making plays in the been... backfield for like two years too. Is the thing. Yeah. Well, now now they're getting sacks though, because yeah. like they were making a, a lot of them were just tackles for loss, but now they're getting sacks too. So. Uh, like Miles Garrett, Animal, uh, they're going to get – Ogba's going to play his way back into shape. Denzel Ward has been incredible. And Larry Okajobi's leading the league at tackles oh, yeah, behind the line. Our son, he was finally free. Yeah, he's, he's – I mean, <laughs> look, like it pays off to just draft defense heavy every year. Like if you hit on a couple of those, which they have, it, like your defense is going to be good. Also, uh, who's that that uh, linebacker from Memphis they drafted? Jannard uh, Avery? Avery. Yeah, force player. Yeah, he, he can play too. Yeah, he can really play. He's like so, he's like the like, first fifth round rookie to matter in like a decade in terms of pass rushers. 
Like he's the first guy who's like been kind of like plug and play ish, who's been drafted that late, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, and it's not like Oakland's offense has been putting points on the board. You know, like they scored thirteen against the Rams, Broncos. Uh, they scored nineteen. They scored twenty against the Dolphins, and now the Browns, which is going to be their toughest test since the Rams in terms of defense. So, like, I really don't see how they're going to move the ball that much. So, uh, but, okay, and their defense, awful, again. Uh, surprising how when you get rid of your best player and don't really add anybody, you get a lot worse. On also, their defense, secondary so. was already yeah. awful last year, so. Yeah, uh, and now you don't have – you just don't have any pressure. And it's just hilarious to see Gruden just complaining about uh, – He's just complaining about the lack of pass rush, and then he's last week he was complaining about not getting a piece back that could help him this year. Well, I mean, bro, whose fault is that? You know? Yeah, it's what are you complaining for? Um, did you see the thing that NFL Network came out with like late Saturday night about the Gruden no. relationship? Okay, basically, Gruden hired a takesman. Okay who used to write stuff online and said things like Von Miller's going to be a bust. Oh, I, I did see some of this. Yeah, okay. So he hired him, and that's the guy who helped him construct a draft board. Now, this was a rumor that I know I told you at least around draft day, where it was like Gruden came into the draft room with a draft board and then was like, okay, Reggie McKenzie, which one of our guys have the same amount of value, right? Because they're like basically like if you weren't on Gruden, like they had to both, both McKenzie, mind you, on draft day. McKenzie and Gruden have to had to thumbs up on a guy, which is why they traded back in the first to grab Colton Miller, who's who went to school and played football with the son of the takesman. Are you following this so far? Yeah. So this is what happened. Wow. These are the other things that I was. So I was told some of this stuff, too. And like it kept, kept coming up when I was working that um, Khalil Mack story. Right. And I was talking to agents and I was like, what, what do you think's going on in Oakland right now? Right. And one of the things that I had heard is that he just kind of like turned it over to like cable at one point. And like, I can't remember who the offensive line selection after that was, but I guess that was the cable selection. Um, oh, uh, the guy from NC, like NCA and Yeah. And then like Gruden had only seen like a hundred guys. Right. So by the time that like the third round came around. Working smart. He's working smart. <laughs> so by the time the third round came around, he was like, Arden Key, we're taking Arden Key. And they're like, why are we taking Arden Key? And it's like, he's the last guy on my board. And it's just like, oh, my God, is it really going to be run like this? Like he has the longevity and the foresight to be able to actually execute what Sashi Brown wanted to do. Right. And he's just going to do it by like flying by the seat of his pants on draft day, which I think is very funny, at least this year. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but it sounds it sounds like his I mean, coaching is going to be making decisions about player personnel um, more than the front office. And it, I, I I don't know why Reggie McKenzie's putting up with it, honestly, because he could have left um, after the draft. Well, he could have like- had a job somewhere else. Like he could have been player personnel, director of college scouting, something like that somewhere else, but he elected to stay there. Hope that check is good, man, because – Good God. Uh, I mean, uh, for everything like we can we can read, it's looking like Reggie's trying to trying to figure out how to get out after the season. So, uh, it it's just kind of amazing what's happening there. And like, if they start out zero and four and lose to the Browns, ooh, Twitter's gonna, gonna be, be fun chaos. on Monday. All right, next game, the San Francisco 49ers, CJ Beathard, uh, Prizeman. 
winner from the 2017 preseason at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, probably not a home game for them, but they are 10.5-point favorites. Yeah. Uh, for the Irons. But Bethard? Bethard. But Bethard? I'm not, I'm not taking the Chargers. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's terrible. Uh <laughs> Even though he did win the esteemed uh, Prizeman Trophy last year as the uh, the best preseason player in NFL history, but I mean he he was there's a reason why they had to trade for Garoppolo, and I mean his part of the reason was because Beathard clearly just couldn't play. So, I uh, man, I, I I think what what are the lines after this because this could be a teaser spot for San Francisco like just uh, 16 Saints minus 3 at the Giants the Baltimore Ravens plus 3 and a half at the Pittsburgh Steelers Kansas City minus 4 at Denver not not great teases not great teases but um oh, do you okay. know so if uh CJ Beathard goes down yeah. with some sort of injury not that we are wishing this upon him um do you know who would come in to play quarterback for the 49ers is it an actual quarterback? They physically it, have a second quarterback on the roster. Yeah. Behind Beathard? Yeah. They brought him up from uh, the practice squad this month. So I assume it happened like you, right can, after. Can you give me his where he went to school? Ooh, uh, Southern Miss. And it's not Austin Davis. Uh, then I have it's no clue. Nick Mullins. He's listed at 6'1", which means he's not 6'1". He's six foot flat. And 199 pounds. That's very light. Nice. Uh, actually, I, I do remember him from the preseason. He was not. He was no Prizeman Trophy candidate. Let's just say that. Yeah, this is kind of a disaster. I feel like a dumbass for betting the over on San Francisco. I mean, you could not have predicted that. Yeah, that's that true. Happened. But still, they weren't. They weren't that good with Garoppolo. So. No, yeah, they weren't. <laughs> they were at the same time. They they didn't look that great with with Garoppolo. But I mean, you can always just. Once people forget about it and we move late into the season, you can just say, oh, well, I bet them and I didn't know about Garoppolo. And we can kind of ignore. First three weeks, they weren't really scoring that many points regardless. Even against a pretty bad Chiefs defense, you know, like awful Chiefs defense. Let's be frank here. Second worst. Yeah, Second awful. Worst. Uh, but man, I think I'm just going to flip a coin, which is my phone, flip it around. And it looks like I'm taking the Chargers, actually. All right, there we go. Now. Uh, next game, New Orleans Saints at the New York Giants. The Saints are three-and-a-half-point road favorites with by far the worst defense in the NFL right now. Yeah, and I don't understand this line because – or maybe – I mean, I, I get it. Like, you're going to roll a Drew Brees. Like, I, I, okay, so I get why the Saints are favored, but last week Eli Manning played a defense that's terrible but not as bad as – the Saints, and this is on the road in Houston, and he lit them up. Like he was twenty-five for twenty-nine for two hundred eighty yards and three touchdowns, no picks. Like that's a pretty damn good day <laughs> uh, at the office. So I'm just, I, I don't really know what to make of how bad New Orleans' pass defense is right now. Like if he did that to the Texans' defense, which is bad, but the Saints' defense is on some worst of all time status right now. Like they're. They're on track to be worse than like their 2016 season when they also had one of the worst pass defenses in NFL history, and they just lost Patrick Robinson to uh, yep. a season-ending ankle injury. 
I just we don't. were talking about Crawley, and like Crawley is like the marked man in the NFL right now, where it's just like just fucking throw it up in the area of him, and you'll come down with it. Yeah, Crawley and PJ Williams, like Atlanta didn't even throw it at Lattimore that much, uh, and then Calvin really went off for 148 yards and three touchdowns, and then. Once Lattimore, I think in the second half, they put Lattimore on Ridley and then they just started throwing the ball to Julio after that. So like it, it, it's kind of like with the with the Saints, it's like pick your poison, just don't throw it at Lattimore and you'll be able to, to torch whoever <laughs> is guarding. Like any any cornerback not named Lattimore, you can easily put up 100 yards in them, like no doubt. So uh, I think I'm going to roll with the Giants plus three. Jessica's in the three and a half. I think plus, it's, I think it's going to drop down to three or two and a half by game time. But yeah, it's at three and a half right now. Yeah, because I I was in the off season. I was just saying that you know I wouldn't be surprised if there were games where the Giants were frisky just because they're supporting cast. And oh, here comes uh, one of the worst defense, like one of the defenses on pace to be uh, one of the worst ever with Odell Saquon. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, like those guys are definitely good enough to take advantage of this defense. So I'm gonna roll a Giants plus three. I'm trying to think. There was this one game, I think it was in 2016, where it was Saints Giants, and it was just it was just a fucking shootout. Oh yeah, I think I, I think Breeze and Eli both had over 400 yards in that game. Oh fuck, I gotta find it. Yeah, was it 2017? Was it 2015? It wasn't 2016. Uh, it, was, it was 2015, I want to say. Yeah, it was. It's 42 to 49. Yeah, my God. So that's just kind of what I'm expecting at this point. Whereas, like, Drew Brees is, like, I think we looked it up, and the, the top three quarterbacks in terms of a, uh, NEA value, right, in terms of passing efficiency value, um, are also paired with the worst three pass defenses so far. So it's just basically scoreboard watch the entire time. This is definitely going to be a red zone game. Um, yeah, I, I would take the Giants plus three and a half here. I would think. Yeah, th- this is this could be like a game where we go, oh yeah, that's how good Odell Beckham is. <laughs> definitely, you know. <laughs> I mean, if Rid- if Calvin Ridley just went off for three touchdowns in like a half in his first game, in his third game ever, all right. Well, the last person to do that was. Uh, Beckham. So let's just see that. Uh, let's just see how that goes because it should be fun to watch. The Sunday night football game is the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm taking the role of the Ravens. They're they're like we. I feel like it's not getting talked about that much, but their defense is playing playing like really well right now. Uh, like pass defense lights out. They were good last year too. Yeah, they were, no, they, they were the second best pass D. Last year, it was like them, Buffalo, and Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, so the Ravens, like they're second in pass defense right now behind the Jets. Uh, I, I think the Ravens is probably more credible than that, than, than the, the Jets ranking, I think, because they did give up like that four touchdown game to Andy Dalton on Thursday night a couple weeks ago. But like they're they're just I, they're just a well-coached defense, smothering. They, they got a good secondary. Even with Jimmy, Jimmy Smith is out, right? Yeah, he's still suspended. Yeah, uh, like even when Jimmy Smith is out, they're still smothering teams in pass rush. I mean, pass, I mean, uh, pass coverage. So uh, they're first in yards per play value. Uh, they're just like they're just playing really good defense right now. So, uh, and I, I honestly just think they're the better team. Like even even Joe Flacco, you know, he's he's playing much much better than he did a year ago. Like they're in the positive for. Yeah, he, 
for uh, any. I, I don't think Lamar's team. taking that job from him. No, uh, unfortunately, no. They should move on in the offseason, but he's not taking that job from him right now. I think they're gonna roll with him this, the rest of the year. Yeah, so I'm, I'll take I'll take Baltimore. I, I think they're the better team right now, and uh, I just don't I don't really see a reason why this Baltimore defense just can't come out and punch Pittsburgh in the mouth. Uh, and then, you know, if Joe Flacco keeps playing like he is, it's not like the Steelers' past defense has been anything to be worried about. Even in the game where they got – even in the game where they got three interceptions in the first half, like, they still got torched. torched I believe Joe Hayden half. is about to be up too, which is – he is, like, their only decent defense back right now. Yeah, and low-key, John Brown has been excellent so far for uh, the Ravens. Like, he looks like the guy – the Cardinal, like he looks like the guy we thought he was going to go grow into when he was with the Cardinals a few years ago. So, uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens plus three. I just think they're playing better ball right now. Uh, and also, you know, I, I just want to see the Ravens win this game just for more Steelers drama because you know, every time they lose, it's like the world's ending. I love it. Also, people still don't understand uh, Le'Veon Bell's motivations or anything. The discourse on the Le'Veon Bell. Potential trade and stuff like that is probably the dumbest discourse that we're having in the NFL right now, and that's saying a lot. Um, Monday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs, four-point road favorites at the Denver Broncos. Uh, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Chiefs just because I, I know that the Chiefs' defense is terrible. But are we trusting Denver to, be able to keep up um, with them? Emmanuel Sanders been doing really well, but also Case Keenum, I believe he's still leading the league in interceptions. Oh, so, giving Kansas City more possessions is probably not what you should be trying. To yeah, do. yeah. Denver has a bottom eight passing uh, offense right now, and here comes like the the Chiefs are number one by like a wide margin right now. After or not not actually not too wide because Tampa Bay is still right there too. But uh, after Fitzpatrick's interceptions, like the the Chargers have established themselves as like right now it's the the top pass offense in the league. So I don't I, I really don't see why they they wouldn't come out and just shred this Denver uh, pass defense, which is not no go so go back and watch either, the first so. three quarters of Oakland game. Oh, like, unless Von Miller's coverage giving him everything. I mean, what was it? Derek Carr was like twenty five twenty eight or something like that. Yeah. Something crazy, and they just couldn't close it at the end. Plus, it was all the early season conditioning stuff going to Denver, yeah. them getting back to back home games, all the sort of mirage stuff that we've talked about about Denver early in the season. Uh, all all the numbers say that that wears off basically after the first two games. That it really only works if your first road game is in Denver, and Kansas City's already had that pass, so that shouldn't have any effect on them at this point. Yeah, I I just. I, like unless Von Miller just comes out and eats this offense alive, I just don't understand how Denver is going to stop them. Like I, I think the hardest thing when you're game planning for Kansas City, outside of you know the formations and the plays that Andy Reid's going to throw at you, I think the biggest issue with game planning for them is like you can't. Yeah, you, there's not going to be. Team. Yeah, have have fun like, trying to find like, a Tyreek Hill and a Travis Kelsey in practice. Oh, and, and then here's a Sammy Watkins and Chris Conley who will both run four threes. Like, yeah. it's it, it's it's like you, you can have the they the have they have a fullback who's caught like two two fifteen plus yard uh, passes already. Like on like they're doing the same right. thing San Francisco does where with with a uh, use check where they're just like boundary wheels and stuff like that. So. 
Like your middle, your middle linebacker, your Sam has to cover, you know, a fullback twenty yards downfield after play action. Good luck. Yeah, and it, it's just it, it's just kind of like you can have the perfect game plan and, and all that shit, but once it comes out to the game and oh my god, wait, our cornerback doesn't run a four two like Tyreek Hill does, and that's kind of where you get got. And oh wait, our our practice quarterback can't throw a ball seventy yards in the air like Mahomes can. Oh, we got got like it's it's just it's a really hard offense to play because you can't really you can't really practice for them outside of plays. Like you you have to account like the the shock of the physical dominance that you're going against too. I agree. Um, we're we're a little short here, so here's what I'm gonna do. I am looking up. I'm on the futures section of the NFL stuff, so I'm gonna just throw a couple bets at you, and I want your input. Okay. All right, we're at 2019 first overall pick. I know you're heavily grinding out tape, writing scouting reports for this upcoming draft already. Um, first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've watched like I've watched like four and a half <laughs> college football games this year. Go Bulldogs! They're doing well. Um, Ed Oliver minus one twenty-five. Yeah. Any other player plus one fifty. Nick Bosa plus two seventy-five, and Justin Herbert plus seven fifty. Uh. I I don't think I like Ed Oliver's odds. I like I don't I don't either. That seems super high. Yeah. I I mean from what I've seen, I like I've seen snippets of him. Obviously like he looks like a fucking dominant, dominant, dominant run defender, but I don't know. As a pass rusher, it's a little inconsistent. Like I, I, I have no doubts that he could figure this shit out. Cause I mean the thing is with, with Ed Oliver too is like he doesn't even have a good stance like to fire out of and he still looks like like an alien out there. So like, I have no doubts that he could figure this thing out. Like once he gets to an NFL coaching staff, but uh, I don't know. That, that seems a little bit high for me for a defensive tackle. Do you know who and, the uh, last defensive tackle uh, drafted first overall was? Uh, is it? Oh, I think I actually do know this. Is it what Russell Maryland? Is that no Russell Maryland. So Russell Maryland was drafted first overall. But there was a guy in 1994 named Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson, who coming out of Ohio State, who was drafted first overall. Um, 54 and a half sacks. All right. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. That's that's, that's a pretty solid career. That's a pretty solid career for a defensive tackle. He started 182 games all before 2006. So it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, good job. Hey. I mean, 54 sacks in what, 182 games for DT. That's pretty, that's pretty solid. solid. Probably not worth first overall, but they're probably not complaining. Uh, shock, shocking uh, turn of events. The Cincinnati Bengals did not pay him a second contract. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Super Bowl odds. I want you to guess the top five teams. Top five teams for Super Bowl odds? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess the Patriots are still in. Not, is this going to be the order? Because I'm just going to go top five, like. Just go, just yeah. Just give me top five. Uh, I'm gonna go Patriots, Chiefs, uh, Jaguars, Rams, Vikings. Wow, you nailed it. Um, Three way tie for fifth between the Vikings, Saints, and Eagles. But other than that, yeah, you kind of nailed it. And then the odds drop off pretty starkly. Like it's like Steelers, Falcons, Packers, Chargers, Bears. Oh, man. <laughs> why, are the, why are the Bears ahead of the Buccaneers here? See, this is go- Yo, you're, do people think the Bears are good? We need what we need to do is we need to start railing against the Bears' 2019 season. That's where we need to be because look, 
they're already a regression candidate for next year, almost three okay. three games. Okay. Um, regular season MVP. I want you to guess the top three. All quarterbacks. Uh, surprisingly, Mahomes, Breeze, Ryan, Rogers, Rogers. It's Mahomes, Rogers, Breeze. Ryan is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. Behind Gurley, yeah. Brady, Wentz, and Goff. Wentz has played one one out of. Yeah, he played. He played one game, one bad game. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Um, all righty, we'll just keep looking. I got two more tabs. Oh, one more tab. I lied. All right, Mahomes breaks single season record of fifty five touchdown passes. No is minus fifteen hundred. Yes is plus seven hundred. Fuck it. I throw, I throw a couple and of bucks on you. Yeah. The last. Why the fuck not. Yeah, the last future we have is will Colin Kaepernick sign with the 49ers in 2018? No is minus 2,000. Yes is plus 1,000. Mm, I mean, what's the point of that one? You know, like, yeah, they, they just have, they have also, I'm looking at horse futures, dart futures. They got everything up here, Ben. But yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna like why not put some money on where is he at already? He's already at that record. I mean he's throwing sixty nine touch Yeah. He's at thirteen through three games. So like he he's on pace for sixty nine touchdowns. Nice. Uh zero. And he hasn't played the Raiders yet, right? <laughs> still gets to play the Raiders twice. Does he still have two games nope, against still got two games against the Raiders? Uh he's got let's see. So he's got the Broncos. He's got a game against the Patriots, two games against the Broncos, a game against the Cardinals, two games against the Raiders, another game against the Chargers. So, you know, that that could be like 30. That's about 150 you know, touchdowns. 30 those plus games touchdowns right there. right there. Yeah, so I, I really, I mean, I know, I know he's going to slow down at some point just because it's just, it's not possible, I guess, or like we haven't seen it before. But I, I really have no doubt that he could he could hit that record. So, All right. Yeah, why there not you go. A couple bucks that's that's our week. Nice. Uh, thank God for bye weeks or else we'd still be talking. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's going to conclude episode 82 of Setting the Edge. We'll be back next week at some unspecified day during the week. And, uh, yeah, have a good one. More than Peter King. Oh, five stars, review, all that jazz, you know. <laughs>